have you ever, when have you learned your best? When have you really, when you wanted to learn something, when you wanted to understand something, when have you learned it the best? When have you, like, taken it in, you processed it, and you really applied it to your lives? I know for me, I know those times for me were when I spent time with individuals who taught me specifically hands-on what those things were and not, uh, for me to learn, what those things I, I desired to learn and when I had a hands-on experience with another person who showed me the, the intricacies and the things that I wanted to learn. Same thing is true today. That's what we're going to learn today is that we're going to learn about Jesus um, and the interpretation of the sower and the seeds and the call to hear and to shine for Jesus and taking care to what you listen to. What you listen to. How you learn. How you apply the things that you, you hear from Jesus. Our scripture this morning is going to be from uh, Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. So read along with me uh, as you uh, as we look at this. Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. When they, when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these are the ones in whom seeds are sown on the rocky places, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary then. When affliction and persecution arise because of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones to whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it, bear fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he was saying to them, a lamp is not brought to be put under a basket, is it? Or under a bed? Is it not brought to be put on the lampstand? For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor nothing, nor has anything been secret, but that it would come to light. And if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given you besides. Whoever has to him, more shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he has, shall be taken away from him. And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. Amen? Amen. We're going to be looking at three, um, in this passage here, we're going to be looking at three specific points here. The interpretation, let him hear, and take care what you listen to. Well, let's let's um, let's hear. Let's let's go on. Let's look at our first passage. 
And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? If you look at this, do you not understand? Listen, let's look at this, the idea to understand. The idea to understand comes from a knowing, it comes from an active relation between the one who knows and the thing known. First-hand or personal interaction knowledge gained through personal acquaintance or some relationship of intimacy or connection. In other words, a personal relationship with who? With Jesus, with God. So, remember how I used my illustration to when you learn, you learn, I learn best from when I had a personal relationship with someone who taught me what they wanted me to know. And what Jesus is saying here says, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? In order to, the parables, remember, were the stories to illustrate spiritual truths in the language that people understood an illustration that people understood. Um, this was a story illustration used uh, uh, in agricultural uh, illustration, which that culture and that society was. So, in order, but Jesus was using a story to convey a spiritual truth. So, what Jesus was saying, do you not understand this parable? So, in order to understand this parable, or understand all the parables. Remember what I said the word understand means? It means to have what? It means to have an active relation between the one who knows and the thing known. In other words, you have an active relationship with who? Jesus. You have an active relationship with Jesus. And what Jesus was saying, in order to understand this parable or any other parable, that he has, one needs to have an active, ongoing, personal relationship with the one, the teacher, the great teacher. And who is that? Jesus. So who's the one teaching here? Jesus. So in order to understand what he's saying here, you need to have an active relationship with someone. You need to understand what they're saying. You need to understand, you need to be involved with them. You need to communicate with them. I've used this illustration before. Um, I know about President Biden, but I don't know him personally. In other words, I don't, I've never met the man in person. I don't have a personal relationship with him. I know about him. I know what I've read from about him or I've seen in the media about him, but I don't know him personally, like an intimate relationship where I communicate with him on a regular basis, and I know him, and he communicates back with me. Right? So, what he's saying here is, is that this knowledge is a knowledge where you know someone, in this case, Jesus, where you communicate with him on a regular basis, he communicates with you, you have an active, ongoing relationship with him, where he communicates with you uh, about things. And so he gives you an understanding. He gives you a knowledge. He gives you, um, he teaches you what things are and what things mean. So in order to understand, we need to have that personal relationship with Jesus. 
Now listen to this. So if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, he's going to give you clarity. He's going to give you understanding into this parable and to other parables and other things in Scripture and in the Word of God. But remember, this, this relationship needs to be an ongoing relationship. It cannot be a, a stagnant relationship where you talk to them once in a while or you hear about them once in a while because the more you spend time with someone, the better you get to know them, don't you? The more you hear and you understand what they're about and you hear and what they say and you know who they are. Same way it is with Jesus. So if we're in an active relationship, we're going to understand what he's saying here. Because he's going to be teaching us. He's going to be showing us. He's going to give us understanding through his spirit as to what he is saying. So listen to what he's saying. The sower sows the word. In other words, the sower is the farmer, the one who plants the seeds. We planted seeds before. I talked about this last week. I planted seeds before for vegetables or flowers. And what do we, we see happen? We see that they grow and they, and they mature, depending on the soil you put them in. And so we're going to look at and discuss the soils that, are, uh, that Jesus is talking about here. It says, the one who, so, the one who, uh, who are beside the road are the one where the word is sown, and when they hear immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In other words, they hear the word, don't they? Now remember, keep in mind, the understanding is that relationship with Jesus. So if in order for those, in this first case, to hear about Jesus, what do they need to have? They need to have what? An ongoing relationship with Jesus. The one who hears are the ones who the word is sown. And when they hear it immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. So there's no, it's sown on the road. In other words, the pavement, the rock, and then that will, the, on, on, the, on the hard pavement, on the hard ground. Like the hard, it's like the hard, you ever see ground, that we've had this recently, especially where there's been times where we haven't had rain and the dirt is real hard. And it becomes really hard, you put it on there, and nothing can grow because the seed's just on top of the ground. And so it doesn't do anything. And so immediately what happens is, is that the enemy, Satan, comes and he snatches it up and he takes it away, that which was so. In other words, you could be sitting, someone could be sharing the word of God with you, but your heart's not ready, your heart's just not there. Your heart is hard. It's that like the hard dirt. It just sits there. And because it's hard, what happens to Satan? Satan comes and he snatches the word and he takes the word away. And it's gone. Think about that. Think about that. He snap, he puts the word, you put the word it's preached out there. Somebody could be sitting in the pew. But if they're not really interested in hearing the Word of God, if they're not really interested in hearing what God has to say, if someone is sharing with them the Word of God, but if they're not really interested in hearing what's being said, if their hearts are hard, what's going to happen? Satan's going to come immediately and do what? He's going to snatch that Word away. How about that? I have a story. I've shared this story before, but it's been a long time since I shared the story, but it's really worth repeating. I, as many of you know, I worked in homeless shelters. I worked in homeless shelters for a good number of years. 
And when I was first starting out working in the homeless shelters, uh, I would do I, I had an overnight shift where I would um, watch and I would take care to make sure that everyone um, in the shelters uh, were safe uh, as they slept. Well, one time, and every night, every evening, there there was a in the gospel there was a service there, and what would happen would be is that we would uh, a church group would come in, they would share uh, a gospel message every night. They would share the gospel message, and they would hear it. And there was one, and and sometimes it was generally it was the same people every night who wanted to, who needed to hear the message because they were staying at the mission. Well, there was one, there were some people who responded to the message, and there were some people that received it and they were saved. And then there was others who would hear the message night after night after night after night. And I remember this one particular gentleman where he was hearing the, the message and I remember where the, I remember that the, go, the gospel message was preached that night. I came in later on my ship and I remember seeing a gentleman sleeping in his bed because I would do a bed check at night because this is when I was working the overnight ship. And he was asleep. And I just remembered him. And he always seemed angry. He always seemed like he was upset. Um, never was at peace. And then I and then I kept checking. I would check every like hour or two hours just to make sure everyone was sick. And then I remember checking um, at, uh, at like 4 o'clock in the morning. And everything, you know, everybody was like still. And then I went to go wake him up. And I put my hand on him because he was I would tell I would go in there and now everyone get up, please get up. And I'd go in the room, it was like a big room with all these bunks on. And I would go and and everyone was getting up. And this one particular bed where this gentleman was when he wasn't moving. I went over to shake him and he was cold as ice. The man had died in his sleep. And I talked to and I talked, and I talked to the man prior to that, um, and the man didn't want to have anything to do with God. Although we heard the gospel message night after night, his heart was hard as stone. He had a look on his face of, of terror that I remember. It's like vividly stands out to me. He had an opportunity to hear Jesus. He had an opportunity to hear about God and receive Jesus. But it was an example of the, the seed that falls on the hard ground. And it keeps, and you hear the message, and, it, and then Satan comes along. What does he do? He steals, he takes the word. Because his heart is hard. He wasn't interested in hearing about God. He wasn't interested in hearing about the things of God. And Satan comes along and snaps him, and his life is gone. God ultimately knows where that man is. I can't say ultimately where that man is. But God ultimately knows where that man is. But the man had every opportunity to receive Jesus. And by the look on his face, it was just, what I could see was sheer terror. So, the reality is, is that in order for us to have, for, for us to be we have to have our hearts softened so that we can at least receive what God is saying to us.
and allow our soften our hearts, not be so hard towards the things of God. Let's go on to our next one. Um, in a similar way, in verse 16, these are the ones whose seed was sown in the rocky places, and when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. In other words, they the rocky places. If you if you put weeds in um, and you and you put you, you sow along the road and you sow them in the, in the rocky places, and what happens is they automatically they spring up, but they don't have really any firm root. Immediately it says, they receive it with joy. In other words, they receive the word of God with joy. They're all excited. They're all, yay, hey, great, wonderful. Yay, praise the Lord. And But they have no firm root. But look at this. It says, it says here, immediately receive with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves. In other words, when it goes in the rocks, there's no root because there's no soil there. There's nothing for them to grow in. They're real excited at first. Just like a plant grows up really quick, but there's because there's no root, what happens? They're only, it's only temporary, and when affliction or persecution arrives because of the word, immediately they fall away. They have no firm root. And what's and what's important for a plant to grow? We all know this. They have to have firm roots. Why? Because the roots do what? They go into the soil and they get nutrients from the soil, don't they? That's what causes them to grow strong. That's what causes like a tree, a tree planted by rivers of water. Why does a tree go stronger if it's by the water? Because the roots go down and they do what? They get, they get the water, they get the uh, water from the river. Same thing as with plants. Plants will grow strong and flourish when they have good soil and what? They have good strong roots. And so, in this case. They, were, they didn't have good strong roots. Why? Because they were in rocky soil. In other words, what happens here? It says, when persecution arises because of the word of God, immediately they fall away. In other words, when, how many of us have ever been, been, well, I should say persecuted, but how many of us have been, have been uh, challenged in our faith because of the word of God, because of Jesus? Because you were a Christian. Because of the word of God. Okay? I have. And what do you do, or what, how do you respond in those cases? Are you still here today? Are you still here today? What happens is, sometimes there are those who hear the Word of God, these are those who walk on the rocky soil, who hear the Word of God, but they experience tribulation, they experience trials, they experience difficulties because of the Word of God, because of Jesus. People have told me I was I was immature. I didn't know what I was doing when I when I received Christ. They told me they teased me because I was a Christian because I believed in Jesus. I believed that He was God's Son. I believed that He was the way. People teased me about that, but thank by God's grace, thank God I'm still here today. But there are those. So because they're Christians and then they get persecuted or people say things or do things to them because they're a Christian, but then they fall away and they don't come back. Because there was too much pressure. Because they were too much, there was no root in them. They had no root. And what is that root for us? The root is Jesus. We're in the Word of God. We're in, uh, we're, have, 
in that fellowship with him. Remember I talked about the, um, the, the understanding? Remember that talked about that relationship that we have with him? If you have a relationship with him, you have that understanding and you develop a strong roots, don't you? You develop strong roots so when trials come and when difficulties come, you're going to do what? You're going to be protected. There's a psalm, uh, I love this verse, um, that was really, um, a really, uh, it says in Psalm 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. That was, a, that was actually a book by Jim Elliot, oh, Elizabeth Elliot, by the missionary Jim Elliot, who was killed for being a Christian uh, in, uh, in South America during the 50s. But he, his wife wrote that um, because he was, um, because he believed that that was his favorite verse. Because his protection came from where? His protection came from God. He who dwells in a secret place, in other words, a secret place, a relationship with God, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will what? abide in the shadow of the Almighty. What happens when there's someone someone's coming at you? And then and, and they're looking at you, and then someone taller or bigger comes and stands in front of you. Right? And what happens? The other persons tend to stand down, don't they? So when we tend, when we get into the shadow of who? Of Jesus? What happens? The enemy has to stand down. Right? Same thing it is with us in our relationship with God. In order for us to remain strong, we need to have a strong relationship with Him so we can develop roots so that when trials and difficulties come, we're able to stand strong. We're able to develop spiritual muscles so that we can uh, be, we can endure. We can endure to the end. Because trials are going to come, folks. It's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. Trials come for our faith, but it's, it's there to strengthen us and make us stronger in Him. Let's go on here. It says, Other ones are seeds sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have, who have heard the Word. In other words, they've heard the Word of God. They've listened to it. They've sat under it. They've heard the Word of God. They've had some a little bit of root. But what happens? But the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for things enter in and choke the word and becomes unfruitful. So other things, they hear the word of God, they've been sitting under the word of God, they know and understand the word of God to a certain degree, but other things come in. What comes in? The worries. The worries of the world come in. Concerns for the world, concerns for things. Uh, deceitfulness of riches, in other words, thinking that riches are their security, rather than thinking that their security is in God. Um, the desire for other things other than Jesus, more than Jesus. Not that you can't desire other things, but you desire the things more than you desire Jesus. And, um, and they choke the Word. They choke the Word. And the word, it doesn't produce anything. So, in other words, the plant will grow, and the thorns, and what do thorns do? I talked about this last week. The thorns wrap themselves around the wheat, the vines. They wrap themselves around the plant. And what happens to the plant? It chokes the plant, wraps the plant up. I used um, an illustration um, in the Amazon jungle where these vines are really, like, the trees there, some of the trees there are huge. And so these vines, they grow up, 
and they eventually wrap themselves around the whole tree, and then the tree dies in the middle because of, because the trees themselves have died, because of the, the vines choking it, and so there's no more life left there. And so um, they hear the word, and so the tree or the or the fruit can't produce what it was meant to produce, whatever it is, because it gets choked. And so therefore, it becomes unfruitful. In other words, it doesn't produce any fruit at all. So think about that. So you think about the things, and the things we get, sometimes get in our lives, the things that we allow in our lives, the things that we allow that causes us to allow God's word in us to become unfruitful. Because God wants us to be fruitful, doesn't he? But we need to take care we need to take care and examine those things in our life that are causing us to become unfruitful for Jesus. In other words, not bearing the fruit that we're intended to be. Whose children are we? God's children, exactly. We're God's children, and so we should be producing fruit that exemplifies who? Jesus. Or shows that we're His children. Shows that we're His people. Shows that we are His. In other words, bearing fruit. Bearing, like an apple will produce what kind of uh, fruit? It'll produce apples. Well, so if we're God's children, we're going to produce fruit that shows us that we're Christians. Well, and we're going to produce good fruit. A good tree will produce lots and lots and lots and lots of fruit. You ever have a, 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 a real... I, when I was growing up, I lived on... And during the summertime, I would live on... Um, I lived on a ranch, but we were actually... It was actually like a farm during the summertime, my brother, me, my two brothers, and my mom. And there were some fruit trees on the farm there, on the ranch. And there was apples. And I remember just picking some of those apples off the tree, biting right into them, and like crisp, and it's like just melt your mouth. It would just be like the best tasting apples in the world. My kids love apples. And it's like the best tasting apple in the world because it was like fresh. And that's the way Jesus wants with us as Christians. He wants us to be fresh, showing us fruit that we are, fruit that shows that we are His, fresh and juicy and, and vibrant and alive. Well, let's go on here. It says here, And then the ones whom the seed was sown in good soil, in other words, that good dark soil, the good dark soil, and they hear the word, in other words, what's the word? What's the word? The word is the word of God. It was God himself. Let me give you the definition of the word here. And it says here, that God's word means command, commission, the divine revelation through Christ and his messengers. God's word, in other words, God's command, his commission, what he wants us to do, what he wants us to hear, what he wants us to say. Um, and a command, um, and it's, it's that, it's that um, revelate, divine revelation of God's divine Revelation is understanding of what he has given to us through his son Jesus to we, to us, his messenger. So his word has spoken through us to the world. And that can be in the form of what? Verbal or living your life. I think it was St. Francis Sissy. Preach Christ at all times if necessary, use words. In other words, let your life bear the fruit of Jesus. Let others see the fruit of Jesus in your life. Sometimes you don't even have to say a word, right? Because they can see Jesus in you by your character, right? Because you're a good fruit, right? 
that's exactly what God wants us to do. Is not only just to speak the word, but to live the word and to be an example of the word to the world, so the world can see Jesus. Not that they don't have to see, they can see me, but they can see God in me and who I am as a person. Okay, and let's, and so, and then what ends up happening? And they hear the word, in other words, they hear God's word, they accept it. That's in key, in other words, the, the idea that um, to hear means um, they hear the word, they hear what God is saying. That means a commitment to a long-term way of doing something. In other words, you make a decision to do what? To hear. Sometimes we choose, we selectively hear. When I was doing my studies on this, we choose, we have filters in our hearing, don't we? We do. We have filter in our hearing. We hear what we choose to hear. Some things we filter out, other things we filter in. But we choose to selectively hear those things which we don't want to hear. Right? And we emphasize those things that we're interested in, those things we do hear, or we, we want to hear, we'll hear if we're interested. So the idea here is, is that you, they hear the word. In other words, those who are fruitful, those who are going to bear much fruit, are going to do what? They're going to hear. In other words, in spite of all the noise that's going around and going on in our world, in our society, in our culture, they're going to hear who? They're going to hear the voice of God. Right? They're going to hear the voice of God. A mom who is maybe in a nursery, a, a mom who has, has kids, maybe kids in a nursery, and, they, and, and there's a bunch of kids in there, and all of a sudden they hear the kid cry, they hear the child cry, they'll know it's their child by what? They know their voice, don't they? My mom was the same way. My wife was the same way with our kids. Same thing it is with God, uh, us with God, is that we know His voice, and He knows our voice, right? We can hear His voice. We'll tune out all the other noise, all the other voices, and we'll hear what? His voice won't. But we have to hear Him. But remember, that comes from what? An active relationship with Him. Yeah. Okay? And then, um, and so what happens? And then you accept it. I talked about this last week too. Not only do we hear, we choose to hear, but we accept what we hear. Sometimes we don't like what we hear. Sometimes, sometimes what we hear may be hard. Sometimes what we hear we may not like. It may not go to what we think is good. But remember, everything that God says, everything that God is, is good, right? There is no, no, no good in us. What, what, I mean, there is no bad in God. Everything God says is good, for God is good, right? And God, wish, and God wants the, the best for us in our lives, right? So, if God's speaking something to us, and He's saying something to us, and we may not like it so much, but it is what's best for us, we need to accept it, don't we? Right? Same thing it is with us. We need to hear, but we need to accept. In order for us to become saved, we needed to do what? We needed to hear what God was saying, but we also needed to do what? We need to accept what He was saying. Right? The phrase, to, we need to accept Jesus into our lives. In other words, you agree with God that you're a sinner, 
and you agree with God that you need Jesus in your life, right? To help you. So you relinquish the control and you accept God. Hear and accept. And then what ends up happening? You end up bearing much fruit for Jesus. You end up bearing much fruit for God because you're hearing God and you're accepting God not only just when you get saved, but also when you are growing throughout your life. It's an ongoing member. Remember I said an ongoing relationship that goes and produces much fruit, right? So it's ongoing. It's not just it's not it's it's not stagnant, but it's static. Static meaning it's going and it's moving. Let's go on here. Let's finish up. Verse 21 to 23. He was saying to him, a lamp is not brought to be put out under a basket, is it? Or under a bed. It's not brought to be put, it is not brought to be put on, on the lampstand. So think about that. Where is the lamp supposed to go? The lamp is supposed to go on the nightstand, right? Or on the lampstand. Why? Because you're using the lamp to what? To illuminate, to illuminate the room, to a new, especially when it's dark. So you use the lamp. So, um, well you can't, so should you put it under a basket? So should you hide it? Should you put it in the closet where you can't, where you can't use it? Where should you, what should, should you do with it? Should you put it on the basket, on the, on the table, why? So everyone can see, that's the purpose of the light, is to illuminate so you can see. And what Jesus is saying here is, is that nothing is hidden, except to be revealed, or nothing has been in secret, except that will come to light. In other words, Jesus has made us to do what? To shine for Him. To be an example of a light for Him. Right? So, how many of us, how many people know that we're Christians? How many people know that we're a believer? Could they tell we're a Christian by our lives? By the lives we live? Without them saying a word? By our character. By our speech. Are we perfect now? We would live our lives to say, you're a Christian or you're different. What's different about that? What's different about that? That's letting our life shine. Shining Jesus in our words and in our speech. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, if you have ears, hear what Jesus is saying. Let your light shine before men. Let your light shine. See, I'm a Christian, and I'm proud to be a Christian. Right? I'm proud to be a Christian, and I hope that we are too. Because that's part of what is bearing fruit. Remember we talked about the parables? We talked about the seed bearing fruit for Jesus. And take care what you listen to. Be careful to what you be generous with what you have. And he was saying to him, take care what you listen to, by your standard measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given to you. So in other words, if we're, if we're um, Jesus was saying, take care what you have to listen to. In other words, remember, selective listening. Remember I talked about that? Selective hearing. Hear what Jesus is saying. Receive it. And then act upon it. Use what you've learned from Jesus in your relationship with him, and use it be able to bear fruit for him. And then what happens is, because um, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. In other words, if you don't use what Jesus taught you, you lose it. What he's saying here, 
says, whoever has, I'm not saying losing your salvation. What I'm saying is, is that you lose uh, some of the ability and the gifts that God has given you. In other words, if you don't use the gifts that Jesus has given you, then you lose, God can take those things away just as easy as he gave them. So in other words, you can let your light shine, use the gifts that God has given you, because if you're not generous with what God has given you, then God can easily take them away. But if you are generous with it, God can give you a ton more. God can give you overflowing, overflowing. Because he's gonna, He wants to give. He wants to be generous with us. He wants us, He wants to give us the very best things. But He also wants to use us, for us to use those things, for what? To shine for Him. To give for Him. To let others know about Him. Using the things that He has given us, and He's so generously given to us, using it for His glory. So that others can see Jesus in us. Let's not be stingy with Jesus in our lives to others. Have that relationship with Him. Develop that relationship with Him. Let us be those seeds that fall on the good soil and then produce much fruit for Him. And let's shine for Him. And let's be generous with Him for all the world to see so that we can, be, uh, we can shine for Jesus. Amen? Let's go ahead and, um, let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, thank you for just some time here where we can go, where we can be before you. Help us, Jesus, just to hear from you today and accept it and receive it. Help us to learn from you, give us understanding. Help us apply these things to our lives, oh God. Help us to be um, to be those lights and those um, and people that are bearing much fruit, great fruit, a lot of fruit, to hear and accept what you're saying, and so that people can come to know you and love you. Let us use the gifts that you have given us for your glory and for your kingdom, O God, so that we can be, so we can glorify you and be an example for you to this world, to this lost and dying world. Help us, Jesus, we pray. Forgive us when we haven't, and Jesus, help us to pray. Help us to, we pray that, help us just to be generous with those gifts, O God, um, and that you will be just glorified more and more and more. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we give you this day. We love you. In Jesus' name. Uh, let's pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we also forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Father, we miss your people now with your peace and your peace. Thank you, Jesus.